From across the Steel City, this is Football Forum. A very good evening to you. Welcome along to Football Forum here on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and Amazon Music as well. Jonathan Hadfield here to guide you through the playoff action in the company of Josh Chapman, Ian Chappers. Good evening. We've got all the action, reaction, debate and discussion involving the Blades and the Owls and all the news and goals from across the region as well. And we're focusing on the Blades this evening as we look back at the playoff semi-final between Nottingham Forest and Sheffield United. Uh, So here's what's to come. United with salvation from Sander. The Blades heading to Forest with a 2-1 deficit, which could and potentially should have been six. In the local news, Chesterfield will then need a point for the playoffs, so we'll bring you the latest on that. And we'll look ahead to the weekend's League One playoff final between Wickham Wanderers and Sunderland. On Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music and on your smart speaker. Alexa, play the football forum. We may have left shoe, but we still focus on Sheffield's red and blue. This is Football Forum. And it's live. So much appreciating your company for this Sheffield United review. And, uh, well, if you haven't yet listened to the Wednesday review and you want to do so, that's already out as well. So we have to start... Um, well, we're going to cover both legs of the playoffs. Uh, more focus, obviously, on uh, on the second leg, but we'll cover it in its entirety. And, uh, well, Sheffield United, it was a 2-1 defeat for them on uh, on Saturday at Bramall Lane. Jack Colback uh, opening the scoring in the 11th minute um, after a, uh, a slip and a clearance um, from... Uh, I'm trying to remember who it was now. I can't remember who it was. Um but ben Osborne. Ben Osborne, that was it. Um, so Jack Colbach opened the scoring. And uh, United, well, it should have been plenty more for Forrest. United were struggling. Brennan Johnson, he made the most of Egan's uh, losing possession. And uh, Brennan Johnson putting it into the back of the net. 71 gone, 2-0 Forrest. And you thought, well, it's curtains for the blade. Sanderberger, Jack Robinson, who was it? Well, it went down as Sanderberger, 91st minute header. And uh, that brought the deficit back to one, heading to Tuesday night in quite possibly one of the uh, the most action-packed games of football of recent memory. And it all started horrendously. Brennan Johnson again scoring 19 minutes gone. Simple ball uh, straight through uh, the heart of United's uh, lineup. Ball across the box and Brennan Johnson there to pop it in. That was 3-1 on aggregate. And then whatever was said, Paul Heckingbottom getting involved with Jed Spence on the touchline. Don't know what was said at half-time. But it was a rocket up the backside. Morgan Gibbs-White with the goal 
in the 47th minute, uh, David McGoldrick-inspired um, celebration, given the fact that McGoldrick is leaving the club. And John Fleck, he made it 2-1 on the night in the 75th minute. Fantastic play from him to stab home. 3-3 after 90 minutes on aggregate. Went to extra time. No goals either. So that went to penalties. And as is the case with Sheffield United, they lose on penalties. 3-2 it finished to Nottingham Forest after uh, Bryce Samba and his innovative idea to uh, to put a piece of paper on his water bottle with all the ways to dive against the United players. So Forest into the playoff final. And that all came before uh, one scumbag, or thug, is the whichever way you want to describe it, um, decided he'd fancy and uh, race onto the pitch in the pitch invasion and uh, knocked six bells out of Billy Sharp. He's now been jailed. We'll talk on that in a moment. Uh, reaction from Paul Heckingbottom after the game. And, uh, well, he said, and I'll put it this way, it's uh, it's assault. It's a prison sentence wait to, waiting to happen. Bang out of order. He's shook up, bleeding, angry, like the rest of us. It will be dealt with. It has been dealt with. Um, Forest, uh, Nottinghamshire Police, they've already made statements, arrested. He's been arrested. Uh, found guilty and jailed for 24 weeks and uh, ordered uh, he's got a two-year football ten ban. year is no, it it's ten definitely year? ten ten year yeah there was a bit of confusion about this wasn't there but um i read on not uh, police's website that he's been given a 10-year football banning order but that's obviously just one imposed by the court they'll they'll likely be well forest already said that he'd get a lifetime ban from forest so um, yeah, but 10 years apparently rather than the two that was reported elsewhere. 10 year football ban, and as Chap has mentioned, lifetime ban from the city ground as well. Back to the football, uh, Heckingbottom told Radio Sheffield afterwards at uh, stupid hours o'clock. He thought he honestly believed we'd go through, overriding feeling one of pride. It hadn't sunk in at that point. Um, you don't get what you deserve sometimes. Football is cruel like that. It's been a hell of a ride. Thought we were going to ride it all the way to the Premier League. Uh, I know I need a bit of time away to relax and let it sink in. Then we're on with next season. No real football to watch, but that's when the hard work starts. Chappers, you must have been drained coming back from Portugal seeing that. I was drained at work until 1am in the morning. But we have to start, obviously, with Billy Sharp. It's a disgraceful act. And um, the main thing is, Billy's okay. Yeah, I don't really want to talk about this too much because I think it takes away the focus from what was a, a pretty good two-legged football tie, to be honest. But yeah, what what happened on uh, on the pitch after the game was nothing short of disgraceful. Um, just completely unnecessary in every single sense of the word. I've never seen anything like that um, at a football game ever. And I'm I'm just glad that the police have acted quickly. Um, apparently, he handed himself in in the early hours after basically seeing it blow up all over Twitter. He obviously felt like a bit of a prat, um, and rightly so. Um, handed himself in. It's been charged. It's, it, I mean, he couldn't not have been charged. The evidence wasn't, you know, was as clear as day. Um, and he's obviously been through the magistrates and. Pleaded guilty at first attempt, um, at first opportunity, sorry, and obviously been given his six-month prison sentence and a bit of compensation and his football ban. So glad that's been dealt with. I, th I think by all accounts, Bill's okay. He, he had to have some stitches, um, according to Eckingbottom, but 
apparently I think he's okay. Um, so I guess that's a, a good resolution to what was a pretty horrendous um, incident. And I guess it has to be mentioned as well that not all Forest fans are like that. And uh, the proof of that is that a couple of Forest fans set up a, a Just Giving page um, to raise some money for a, a charity of Billy Sharp's choosing. Um, and they were aiming to raise £500. And when I checked earlier, they were on around £11,500, which is uh, pretty wonderful and, and heartwarming to see, really, um, after... After one fan, or if you can call him a fan, one person um, tarred uh, Forrest's result um, by a, a horrendous action. Um, but yeah, good to see um, some Forrest fans, or the majority of Forrest fans, are actually decent people. And like I say, over £11,500 race for a charity of, of Billy Sharp's choosing. I can't remember the name of the charity Sorry, that he's chosen, but I on, my Alexa just started talking to me, I don't know why. Um, but yeah, I can't remember the name of the charity he's chosen, but... Um, Eleven and a half thousand pounds raised is uh, is really wonderful to see. Incredible uh, first world problems on football forum with uh, Alexa getting involved there. Back to the football, and uh, well, obviously you didn't see the first uh, the f- the first leg, and I didn't see the first leg either. Um, I saw the first half of the first, first leg, half of the first I'm glad, leg. I'm glad I didn't see the second because we were absolutely awful. I, I was couldn't wait to take off and get on the plane because we were shocking. I, I don't know how we didn't go in more than one nil down. I, I don't think I've ever been so desperate to, for half time to come in the football match because we were absolutely all over the show. We were wide open at the back, absolutely wide open. No protection in midfield from from Fleck and Norwood. Absolutely wide open, and Forrest were just getting in every single time, every attack. Fodringham kept us in it really, uh, first half and by all accounts second half as well. Um, kept us in it, kept the scoreline down, and thank goodness he did because we could have we could have been dead and buried by the end of the first leg, really. Um, and to be fair, to an extent, obviously I know Forrest had literally all the ball, <laughs> uh, especially in the first half, anyway, of that first leg. But you know, it it it's taken realistically, it's taken two mistakes for them to score. Um, and while they have had a number of attempts at goal, and I know Fodringham's kept us in it. Should Forrest have been out of sight? Probably. And, it, you know, at the same time, if it wasn't for those two mistakes, would they have been? Would they have won that game? Who knows? Who knows? But obviously it's a, a fatal slip at the wrong moment from Ben Osborne, who I thought had a pretty poor game in that first half. He had a rough time of it. And then the second goal is, well, I don't know what Egan's trying to do. Um, even if you can't see a forward pass, don't mess with it when you're last man. I'd, I'd rather you put it out for a throw-in or, you know, just lump it along. I, I don't mind where it goes. If there's nothing on, that's fine. But whatever you do, don't dilly-dally. Uh, dilly don't dawdle. Just boot it long if you need to or stick it in the stand. I don't care. And obviously he didn't. Tried to play backwards, play it back to Fodringham, gets caught out. And uh, it's a good finish for the second goal. So, yeah, I'm glad I didn't see the second half. But that was my assessment of the first half. At uh, first leg, we were pretty terrible, really. Indeed. And the second leg, well, I mean, where to start? Forest go 1-0 up. And at half-time, well, obviously Eckenbottom getting involved in that that uh, that little tussle. Um, and generally at half-time, you are thinking, where, where do we go from here? How many is it going to be? Well, the second leg was a, a weird one because I actually thought we went behind 
unluckily, really, I thought we were we were very good in the first half. Um, in complete contrast to the the first half of of the first leg, I thought we were excellent, really. Um, and again, just a just a slight mistake, really, um, that, that costs us. Um, Robinson don't pick Johnson up as quick as he should. And uh, you know it's a good finish from him. Don't get me wrong, but you know he, he shouldn't have, he shouldn't have got near that ball. And then you find yourself on the wrong end of a one nil on the night, and obviously three one down on Agrip. Um And and then obviously Heckingbottom clearly wasn't very happy with Jed Spence, and rightly so because I did think Forrest were taking the um, a little bit too much. Um, and I'll read you what Heckingbottom said about the altercation with Spence. He said, "I won't have anyone taking the Mickey. It's my fault and a yellow card without a doubt." I thought Michael and his team of officials were excellent. They were really good. I did my bit to highlight that we are not having a team run a game against us. And I thought Michael and his staff were very good after that. Gamesmanship, whatever you want to call it, but not against my team. Regardless of what happened, there was no way we were going out without a fight. Sometimes you need to do it and defend your players. We needed that fight. We needed a spark of intensity. And I think, do you know what? Fair play, because like I say, I thought Forrest were taking the Um, They were just taking their time over everything. Um, and it's frustrating to see it is frustrating to see and obviously as a, a Forest player you probably want to do everything you can to slow the game down because obviously you want to win but at the same time don't take the f- you know so fair play from Heckenbottom and I thought it was a little bit out of character for him really and I thought it's clearly riled him because it He's not usually that kind of person. He's usually pretty level-headed from my experience of Heckingbottom on the touchline. He's usually pretty level-headed. So for even him to be getting wound up by it, um, it obviously must have been pretty frustrating. But yeah, and talking about the second half, I thought we were excellent. Obviously, we got the early goal. Um, it's it's great play, really. I, to an extent, it's good play. It's come from a long ball, but Njai has done well in the first instance to hold it up, play it back. Berger gets to the byline. Um, pulls it across and, and Gibbs White is there doing what Gibbs White has been doing all season really, getting on the end of crosses, getting vital touches, vital goals. Um, so I thought overall, despite the fact it was a long ball, I thought it was a, a good goal. Um, and then the second goal, we, we get whatever it was, 20, 20 minutes to go, 20, 15 minutes to go, whenever it was, I can't remember. Um, basically a carbon copy. It's a great ball down the right-hand side. Bolduck's done really well. Um, and I've, I've as you know, I've criticised Bolduck a lot this season for his um, quality in the final third generally either under hits crosses or over hits them or doesn't you know doesn't pick a man out uh, in red and white or black as the case may be on on when Tuesday night um, but I thought he did really well um, sat his man down I know it, it helped a little bit that he slipped but still you know sometimes you've got to have that little bit of luck and it's a good ball across right into the danger area and John Fleck is in a great position six yards out and can't really miss so um Great, great goal there. And I actually thought we were really unlucky not to either win it in normal time or certainly not win it in extra time. I don't know how Njai didn't score um, either in the first half um, of, of regulation time or in extra time. Um, two good saves from Samba. I admittedly, don't know how much he knew about either of them. I think he's just tried to make himself big. I don't think he's known too much about them. And a couple of other decent opportunities as well. I know Gibbs White was whiskers away from getting on the end of a cracking ball in from Norrington Davis I think it was um, that might have been interesting if that got turned goalwards 
um, and a couple of other decent opportunities as well. So unlucky not to win it in normal time or extra time. Um, but then as soon as it goes to penalties, that's it. You, you know what's coming, don't you, really? I can't remember the last time I saw United win a penalty shootout. It might have been when we played West Ham in the Carabao Cup, however many years ago, and Michael Doyle did his uh, little little walk, his little waddle there. And that was uh, that might be the last time I saw us win a penalty shootout, but uh, I can't remember. Um, but it's a lottery, isn't it? I, I don't I don't get all the hype about this Samba water bottle thing. He's certainly not the first to do that, and he certainly will not be the last person to do that. Um, whether it's on a water bottle, whether it's down a pair of football socks or whatever, but he's certainly not the first keeper to do that. Um, but you know, still going to save him, aren't you? Um, there was a was a little hint that he wasn't on his goal line, especially when he saved Noah Woods. But you know, what can you say? There's nothing. No point complaining about it now, is there? So yeah, overall, very proud. Um, I thought it was a cracking performance, especially second leg to come out, take the game to Forest, um, especially in that second half take the game to him, make it difficult for him. And uh, I thought <laughs> if I was a neutral fan, that would have been a brilliant game of football to watch. I wasn't a neutral fan, so it was a pretty horrendous game of football to watch, especially when you're watching it starting on your phone on the way back from Luton Airport um, and then finishing up on my laptop. That was uh, not ideal, but uh, yeah, very proud. Obviously a disappointing way to end the season. Um, but... You know, if you looked at our position in November when Heckingbottom took over right at the end of November, uh, end of October, sorry. Um, or was it the end of November? can't remember. Anyway, beyond the point. Uh, we were obviously miles off the playoffs in terms of results. We were pretty poor. Our brand of football was non-existent. Um, and, yeah, it's been uh, some ride since. Some ride since. And it just makes you think what could have been Maybe if we'd have got better results earlier in the season, maybe if we hadn't dropped points against teams like Huddersfield, Millwall, Forest at home, Preston away when you tune up and you a man advantage and you somehow draw two all. Yeah, maybe if we don't drop those points, maybe it'd have been a different story. But you know that's what ifs and maybes, isn't it? So yeah, can't complain. And to be fair, championships better anyway, isn't it? So uh, nobody likes Premier League apart from money. Only reason you're good at Premier League is to get some money. Referees are crap. VAR's crap, and you just get a load of big team bias. So uh, rather be in Championship, thanks. And that is the season summed up in a nutshell. No need for the season review next week. Um, obviously, it's a season of, of well, I was going to say it's a season of failure. It's clearly not a season of failure, but it is in the sense that. We got into the playoffs and we didn't go up. Now, if we look back at where, you know, as you've mentioned, where United were back at the end of, well, whenever it was, it was snowing it down and what have you. Yeah, horrible. <laughs> and you think, you think where United have come from, finishing fifth with the squad that we've had, in the sense that for the, for the last couple of months, we've had no proper striker. It seems, it seems kind of a bit of a of a justice in the way that United have played in this second leg. It sort of embodies the United that we knew and love in the Premier League that that got us to the Premier League in the first place. This sort of never say die attitude, and it seems like we've sort of come full circle now, and Heckingbottom is getting the Championship start that he really deserved. Yeah, it's um, it's a funny old game, isn't it? Because I think you know I was pretty open in the fact that when Heckingbottom got 
appointed. When we, I, I was firmly in the camp that I thought sacking Jakanovic was a mistake, um, especially. I don't want to say so early on because obviously it's not like we sacked him end of September, but you know, fairly early on, pre-Christmas, we sacked we sacked Jakanovic, who uh, has twice got promoted from the championship with teams similar-ish to us, I, I guess, maybe with slightly better financial backing than us, but you know, twice got teams promoted to the championship and Fulham when he did it with Fulham. They obviously they also got off to a pretty poor start, especially pre-Christmas, and then after Christmas, basically walked it um, up into the playoffs. So I thought it was a mistake sacking him, and I equally thought it was a mistake giving Heckingbottom the job permanently. Nothing against the bloke, because um, I thought he did a very good job when he took over again from Wilder. Nothing against the bloke, but when he took over permanently and had a four and a half year deal, I thought that's a that's a mistake, um, but I, you know it's it's turned out that it's worked perfectly well. It's kind of took us back to the roots of how we like to play football. Um, I think the appointments of Stuart McCall and Jack Lester have been very good um, and have fit really well with the ethos that we want to be having as a club and as a as a team as an identity. Um, I like McCall's intensity. I like McCall's passion. He gets it. You know, he gets what it means to be a to get stuck in. He comes from an era of footballers that, you know, got stuck in, would put everything in for the shirt, um, knows what it means to play for the club, and you know, knows what it takes to to get a victory as well. So I think he was an excellent appointment. Jack Lester, well, we don't really need to say too much about Jack Lester, do we? Um, I think he's probably been very good for the strikers I think of Rian Brewster in particular who you know was really struggling for any kind of form for any kind of goal for Sheffield United and then you know unfortunately gets injured but prior to that was was really looking like he was going to start banging a few more in and probably could have been a pretty vital player um, for us between his injury and, and the end of the season and I do wonder how many he would have scored, but you know Leicester's natural goal-scoring instinct, which he has got still in spades. You know he he used to bang goals in for fun, Jack Leicester, and uh, it was a real pleasure to watch. But um, I think he's been a really good appointment in that respect as well. So yeah, the three of them together have, have been a really good team um, and have really, I guess, grabbed our squad of players. And by the scruff of the neck a little bit and, and roughed them up and gone, right, we need to we need to start winning football games like we used to do. We need to start getting stuck in. We need to make sure that we win every first ball. And if we don't win the first ball, we win every second ball. And we put everything in between the start of the game and the end of the game. Um, and if we get beat, it's only because we've been beat by a moment of quality rather than a lack of effort or anything like that. And for the whole, I think that's probably gone pretty well. Um, there's been a few times where we've not shown up in a half or for a period of a game I think about Coventry away where we were fucking dreadful <laughs> I don't know what else to say we were absolutely awful um, but I think that was probably big crowd syndrome we always seem to struggle when we take a big crowd away from home um, with a bit of expectation so yeah I, I think you know it's more like a, a vintage Sheffield United well not a vintage Sheffield United, Sheffield United but a Sheffield United of the last four or five years of you know, everybody playing for each other. There's no, um, 
there's no individuals in that team. They are a, a cohesive unit. And whilst obviously there is some, there are some players in that squad who are clearly a lot better than others in terms of quality. They all work for each other and they're all pushing towards the same goal. Um, and that's been really nice to see. But um, it'll just be interesting to see what goes on over summer um, in terms of recruitment. There's no doubt this squad needs recruitment um, because it's ageing in certain areas. Um, it's short in other areas, especially think about midfield where we are pretty light. We've got Fleck, Norwood and Berger and they are our midfielders at the moment. We haven't we aren't got any others unless you count NGI in that but I won't really, I'd counted more of as a, an attacking, deep-lying striker kind of thing. Um, so we're really light on midfielders. And obviously we've lost Gibbs White, which is a real <laughs> terrible shame. Lost Conor Howrahan. And even though you know he didn't feature loads Conor Howrahan, he, he made some important um, interactions. And obviously he just gives you that extra body in there as well, uh, that extra option. So a big summer ahead. I'm really interested to see what kind of shape the squad is in um, come pre-season and come the first day of the season, how we line up. Indeed. Well, we will bring you more reaction to Sheffield United on the season review, which comes next week. That is Sheffield United done and dusted. And um, we're going to turn our attention to the playoff final between Wickham and Sunderland in a moment. It's not really a local roundup. But, Chappers, do you, want us, do you want to update us on how Chesterfield have gone? Because it's the end of their seat, well, their regular season anyway. Yeah, well, I mentioned last week how Chesterfield were pretty much doing their best to uh, not be in the playoffs um, at the end of the National League season. They had their last game of the season um, at the weekend against Woking at home. And Chesterfield, basically, all they needed was a point um, to get in the playoffs. Or they just needed to better... Um, Dagenham's result, I think it was. I think it was Dagenham. Yeah, it was Dagenham and Redbridge. Um, and they did that. Well, they 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 just needed to not lose, basically. Dagenham and Redbridge won 3-0. But uh, it didn't make any difference. Chesterfield drew 0-0 against uh, Woking. And there seems to be a, a little bit of unrest in Chesterfield at the moment between the management and the fans. Some of the performances have not been very good. They've not won a league game. Well, they've not won a game full stop since the 23rd of April, and that was against Dover. And even then, they only just scraped through 3-2. Um, in fact, they've only won two games since mid-March. So, they've uh, been in some pretty terrible form. Um, however, they are in the playoffs. Um, as we all know, just, uh, the National League playoffs are stupid. There's no other way to describe that. They are ridiculous. Um, so, they play in the playoff quarter-final against FC Halifax Town on the 24th, which is Tuesday, maybe Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, that was a good guess based on today's date. So FC Halifax Town away from home on Tuesday. The winner of that game, it's only one leg, I think. One leg. Um, and then the winner of that game will play either, uh, who's in the semis? <laughs> uh, that's either Solihull. Wrexham or Solihull. Um, has that been decided whether it would be one? It's Solihull. It would be yeah. Solihull. So the winner of that would play Solihull over two legs, I believe. No, one leg. Is that only one leg as well? One leg. And again. then uh, the winner of those two semi-finals will play each other in the final. So uh, yeah. a lot of games between now and Chesterfield maybe not get promoted. But I don't think they'll make it past uh, Halifax, to be honest. But there we are. So that's how Chesterfield season's ended. They are in the playoff. 
but uh, maybe unlikely that they're going to stay there very long. Indeed. You're home for the Blades and Owls. This is Football Forum. Right, um, before we do uh, preview the uh, the playoff final, obviously final weekend of the Premier League, and uh, it wouldn't be uh, it wouldn't be this program without a couple of permutations, and you know the, you know it by now. Anyway, Man City need to match Liverpool for the title. Uh, Liverpool need to win and hope City don't. Spurs, they'll get top four because Arsenal have bottled it again. Um, unless they lose and Arsenal win theirs. Uh, fifth is between Arsenal and Spurs. Uh, sixth and seventh, that's between Man U and West Ham. Uh, and the last relegation spot is between Burnley, Leeds and Everton. But if Everton and Burnley win tonight, then those buggers are in the bottom three. And hopefully that's where they stay because they'll be playing us next season. Uh, right, before we finish then, the uh, the League One playoff final is this Saturday, Wickham against Sunderland. Um, more preview from Andy, our Sunderland expert on the Wednesday show. Um, but the score prediction, Chappers, obviously, because it's the last one of Unpredictable for this season, and Connor is, I still haven't checked, um, I will do it right now. Uh, but because Connor has uh, not given his predictions for the last however many weeks, um, he's currently eight points behind me. I'm leading with one, two, one. You're in second, which is the first time you've been there in uh, at the end of a season, shall we say, for a while. Uh, Connor's last. So because Connor is more than five points behind, we're doubling the points. So get it right and you get ten points and you will win. Excellent. Um, now, I've already given my prediction, so I will repeat it and I won't budge. Um, and I'm going to go for a one-one. Sunderland will win it. But not in North. Mm, but in after no- ninety minutes, exactly. Mm. But in uh, after extra time. Uh, so, what are you going for? Uh, I th- I also think Sunderland will win. I think it. I think this is their year. However, having said that, we know Wickham. Um, well, how do I describe it? Wickham like to play a certain brand of football, which is not particularly attractive. Anti football, I think, um, is the best way of they, putting it. They've let's put it this way: they've not lost a league game since the twenty sixth of February. Which is pretty impressive, to be honest. There's been a nice mix of wins and draws in there. Pretty equal. More wins and draws, I think, but uh, pretty equal. But not lost a league game since the 26th of February. Um, obviously, they lost away at MK Dons, but only 1-0. So that 2-0 victory at home um, in the playoff first leg was enough for them. Um, Sunderland are in a similar vein, actually. They haven't lost a league game since the 19th of February. Again, similar to Wickham in that they've... Um, won and drawn a combination. I think they've basically won more than they have drawn, but it's pretty close. Uh, obviously, their journey to the playoffs was that they beat some, uh, beat Wednesday at home uh, 1-0 and drew 1-1 away. So um, they haven't lost in their playoffs. So I, so I do think Sunderland will win. I think it would be pretty tight. Um, but I think Sunderland will nick it. Well, I don't know if this is nicking it, but I think they'll win 2-0 in, in normal, in 90 minutes. I think they'll win 2-0. Right. Well, what that does mean then is Connor will finish below... Basically now, Connor cannot win unless it finishes 1-0. Because he, I think he's gone 1-0, Sunderland. Mm, interesting. So you are guaranteed to finish second as long as it doesn't finish 1-0 basically excellent i've gone one one 
as I've already mentioned. So uh, it is going to be interesting, and we will bring you the winner um, on next week's program, um, along with a potential trophy lift, we shall see. Um, but that is that for Football Forum. Uh, realistically, for uh, for the Sheffield United review. Big thanks to Chappers. And uh, we will be back next week along with Connor to bring you the season reviews of both United and Wednesday. Uh, so do join us for them. But from me and Chappers, we'll, uh, we will see you next week. Take care. Good night. the latest from across the steel city this is football forum